Sports Direct Cup is gone. My God, it's the end of an era. It's the end of an era. Big Dick's Coffee. And that's the reason why is because I love it. I love Big Dick's. Mags loves Big Dick's. It says on that mug there for everyone listening on the audio version later in the week. Fantastic stuff, eh? Fantastic <laughs> With no <stuff>. context. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely no explanation. Cut that first bit out and just, just start with that sentence. They answered my questions with questions And they set me to stand on the Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever and whenever you may be listening or watching from. This is Chain Wrestling Live with Mags and Sai, the original, the first and the best. A Radio Techers production. I am Sai, and with me as always is the AJ, to my JJ, ain't I great? The TNA Wrestling, to my global force. Do you remember that? Do you remember that being a thing? I sold my fucking gold to that guy and never got any money for it. Global Force Wrestling. (laughs) No, he transitioned into Global Force Gold, which was like a cash for gold scheme. What Don't tell me. It. Look it up, sir. Look it up. Global Force Gold was a thing. If you that got wasn't spare the same gold, company though, was it? It absolutely was. I promise you. Look so Jeff up. Jarrett would buy your second-hand gold. <laughs> look it up. Honestly, yeah, I melt, do not melt melt it down and turn it into another freaking pointless championship title that he has on his TV station. That's where they got the impact title from. Ah, uh, okay. What well, old, like, you know, <laughs> it's sold, sovereign rings of yours, Max, is it? <laughs> uh, a podcaster who, legend has it, has more than six sides to his ring. The podfather himself, Lord Mags, how are we doing, sir? Listen up, slap nuts. I love big dicks. Coffee. <laughs> yeah, we've got to stipulate the coffee part of that because, again, <laughs> when we have uh, the audio version coming out later in the week, they can't see that you're holding up the mug that is from <laughs> Big Dick's Coffee Company. <laughs> uh, and it just sounds like you're making reference to Mighty Sean's. Oh, you're going to be as rude as you like with me. <laughs> Who knows that really? I'm not? Who knows that I'm not? Well, I suppose it could just all be a cover. Yeah, I like coffee, Mag says. Mm. I like my coffee like I like my dicks. Strong and... In your hand? Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Naughty, naughty. Uh, Hey, we support all sorts of lifestyle choices on this show. Whether you drink tea or coffee. (laughs) Or even a hot chocolate every now and again. Mm -hmm. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Mags, how's your week been, mate? Yeah, it's been... uh, interesting should have yeah. to say the least i mean uh, a very select few uh, will know this but uh um that's a big big news for the for the for the mags family um carlos I mean, 
well, that that's obviously the biggest news. That's why I had to lead with that. Everything yeah. else is downhill. Uh, but uh, Carlos, uh, who people may know from uh, from uh, the five rounds with me, he's uh, he's spent uh, quite a bit of time away from five rounds recently, uh, mainly for work and for for university, but also because. Uh, him and uh, his wife have uh, have been preparing for the the arrival of their second baby. Uh, that happened early hours of uh, yesterday morning. So yeah, we've uh, we've had a, a new addition to the the Mags Clan, um, a podcaster who, in about twenty five years, will cover this period of wrestling and look back at it as ridiculousness. Yeah, uh, another granddaughter. So I'm batting zero and four for for granddaughters. Uh, called Aurora. Yeah, oh, there you go, mate. Congratulations, mate. Congratulations to you and Carlos and his good lady and the rest of the Mags family. That's, that's awesome news, my friend. Thank you very much. And it's put me in a really good mood. So, bloody uh, hell. I'm, yeah, I'm not going to be as cynical as normal. My God, just starting a show off in a good mood. I haven't got to try and make stupid jokes and cheer you up. <laughs> no, it's doing half of your job for you. I, I might as well just take you know, the next 20 minutes off, haven't I? why change the the habit of 32 episodes last whoa 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 that's a bit harsh isn't it oh speaking of which magsy speaking of which we'll come to it shortly obviously you know what what won the poll and so on and it it was my selection this week do you know what that does magsy overall it ties us up it does mate it does in all the episodes we've done we are now you have won 30 polls i have won 30 polls and we've had a handful of draws that's awesome that's incredible that is we must have her both equally horrific takes in wrestling Mm, yeah yeah it it does also show as well because of that's those statistics and how long i've been chasing for that in the whole live era i have never been ahead until maybe next week depending on your pick oh But, but know this i have got a doozy have a pick. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what. Look at this. This is how you know we're live, yeah? Because you're talking about my pick. I'm going to bring out my little format in the corner now, which obviously people can't see what I'm doing. Yeah, I have got a pick. It's okay. For a split <laughs> second then. <laughs> it's like, shit, the panic came swelling over. For a split over. second then, I thought, have I done my pick for next week? Oh, my God. Because let's be honest, that has happened before. Mm-hmm. That has happened before. And I've been sort of, I, yeah, Maxie, tell us about that then. And while you're doing that, I've been quickly Googling stuff. <laughs> Oh, when I picked the one that you were going to pick and you had yeah. no backup. That's yeah, brilliant. exactly. Uh, exactly, exactly. I started a new job today, Mags. You certainly did, sir. Um, I did. How did it go? It went very, very well. I was very nervous going in because it's a job that I was really interested in, really wanted to really wanted to get, first of all. And then when I got the job going in, I wanted to make sure, you know, it's the same situation as anything, I suppose, first day nerves. You don't want to go in and make yourself look an arse in front of everyone, do you? You can only make one first impression. Yeah. Yeah, so no, it, it went okay, mate. It was good. It was oh, good. Really? So, good. yeah, I'm happy about that, mate. So, yeah, I'm in quite a good mood as well, mate. Apart from being oh, a bit well. tired, but you know, it's what it is, isn't it? It is. Uh, but there, that's amazing news. Um, I know it's been a a huge worry for you over over the the last year or so. So I'm glad you've got that that stability now. Um, yeah. I mean, Bigger and better things, sir. Bigger and better things. Yeah, hopefully so, mate. Hopefully so. Hope, like you said, stability and so on. Hopefully it'll. Uh, you know, everything will calm down a little bit now. We're, we're sort of hopefully by the looks of it coming out the end of COVID as well, I oh, think, yeah. maybe. Announced of almost all lockdown um, and, and isolation regulations being closed. So, yeah, it mm. looks like uh, we, we're getting to a new normal. So Yeah, 
So good stuff, mate. Positive vibes right from the off from chain wrestling. How's that? That happen very often, do it? No, yeah. Just just savor this episode because yeah. next week we'll be back to our grumpy, Miserable. cantankerous selves yeah. <laughs> arguing <laughs> about something that's not important at all. Correct. <laughs> uh, before we get on with the show, and it is a big bumper show this week. Our non-wrestling topic, as always, whenever we bring this one up. Got a huge reaction from everyone out there on on the social medias. So I'm looking forward to getting into that. Before we get on with that, Magsy, do you want to just dive into the chat and see who's joining us early doors? I shall. So we have, obviously, Matt has to be first. Uh, Hurry up, we're waiting. Two minutes before we we go live, but uh, we appreciate that, Matt. Dan Griffin, superstar in, in, in the show, and his episode of uh, of uh, Unbooking the Territory today is a brilliant one. They look at the world-famous Nigerian wrestling company. Um, well, I think the actual wrestling company is from Kettering, but it's shown on Nigerian TV. It's just okay. hilarious. I haven't got um, to grind to that yet. My new job means I can catch up on all the podcasts I'm behind on, because I've got my bus during his back, so I'm looking forward to it. Oh, buzzing. Um, Sharon in the chat. Uh, whoopsie, I'm late. It's Monday. Uh, you Slacking. you know that means. So, Sharon, you won't know that we potentially may be, uh, may be lovers of big dicks here on this show. <laughs> Again, showing the mug and, you know. Big dicks coffee. Big, big dicks coffee. coffie. Yeah. yeah, just so everyone's I need aware. To keep, I need on, to on keep putting that version. point in. Yeah. Yes. Um, Dan, confirming Global Force Wrestling was woeful. And Dan... Can you also confirm in the chat that Global Force Gold was a thing, or have I just absolutely made that up? I'm sure I haven't. I'm sure it's an actual real thing. Uh, Con McCabe in the chat. Hello, sir. How are you? Uh, Scottish Danny. Um, yeah, it's, and for more props for Scottish Danny, he's uh, been absolutely killing it as part of a changing attitude, um, killing it as part of natural Nats, and he's come up with a a brilliant idea for a kind of a spin-off episode of uh, Changing Attitude coming up in the next couple of weeks. So definitely, definitely keep your ears uh, ears peeled for that. Um, Matt, come uh, just remind everyone that uh, the Volley Live will be around uh, straight after we've uh, finished here with Chain Wrestling. And then it's all congratulations to me because I am the best. Even though I did, I did the minimal amount of work in in the creation. Well, even that. I hope you did no work. To be fair, I, I did zero. Of I the hope work. you weren't harangued or anything. <laughs> I hope you weren't. You know, exactly. I, I had no involvement whatsoever. But I will happily. How close is your family? <laughs> <laughs> well, both of ours do touch each other, so there is that. Oh uh, no, she's a, she's a she is the most beautiful baby in the world. So That's full of smiles. Granddaughter is only a day old i mean you don't hear the stuff that i say off podcasts or no, i'm concerned about that oh, i'm just gonna leave that one that one floating <laughs> there for a little while um dan uh confirming that global force gold was indeed a thing you need to look it up sir it's ridiculous I'm I, didn't, I don't know what that is it's exactly what i've just told you cash for gold Do you remember the, the cash for gold yeah no scandal? okay yeah i, I said i don't know that. what it is well, now I know what it is because of what he you was, said. That's, he that, would so that's send my first you awareness of it. Jeff Jarrett stamped envelopes and you would pawn your grandma's jewellery and he'd give you a ridiculously low price for it. Weigh it in. <laughs> that's what it was. That blows uh, my mind. And then Matt, uh, seeing in the in the chat, he's seen the pictures, yeah. And you're right, she's absolutely beautiful. But yeah, so I'm in a, a pretty chirpy mood. 
So let's ruin it by watching some horrific resident answers, some stupid questions. Stupid, stupid questions. Before we do, though, Magsy, before we do, shall we, uh, shall we kick some abysmal, embarrassing gimmicks into the old Hall of Lane? Let's do that, sir. Okie doke, the Hall of Lame, where hopefully abysmal, horrible gimmicks go to never be seen again. Magsy, what you got for us this week? Okay, so I, I told to I told you just as we were going uh, going to start recording uh, that that man is a little bit off kilter. It's a uh, um, it's one that everyone will know, but I'm uh, approaching it from a different angle. So the the one I want to mention is is Katie Vick. Okay, now. I don't need to tell everybody the the story of this. This is one of the most infamously, ridiculously booked storyline. But essentially, it meant that Kane uh, had killed his girlfriend in a car crash, and Triple H attempted to have sex with the corpse. Blah 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 blah. Right. But I want to approach it from um, from some research I did for a, 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 an episode of Badlands for, uh, from a while ago. You'll find it in in the in the archives and. Um, yeah, give it a listen because this is this is brilliant. So the episode was about merchandise. Yeah, I remember this. Yeah, uh, and um, there was actually some Katie Vick merchandise that was available, uh, and the guys at Wrestle Crap, and that is where if you want some all of it, all of Lamers, you go to Wrestle Crap because they have catalogued everything that is ridiculous about wrestling. So someone from uh, Wrestle Crap. Uh, bought this uh this limited edition merchandise um so apparently it came um it paid, it cost them first of all two two hundred dollars for this like bunch of uh of merchandise it con- contained more than more than just the 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 outfit the skirt the top the pomp uh the pom-poms it, it came in uh i think it, they said four bags four like see-through kind of ziplock bags um, in bag one, uh, it had scrolled across it all signed, uh, and th- this is I'm going verbatim from what they say. So it says it, apparently it was uh, a three year old who had his first Crayola that wrote it, and in this first bag they found a bra, four pairs of panties, and all of those had been signed by Triple H. Oh my god! Yeah, so the next. Um, the bra size was 36C, uh, for all those who, who needed to know that. Uh, they also had some socks, and apparently she was uh, very um, troubled when it comes to her feet because she had six pairs of socks. Um, some of them, the, Andre the Giant could have got both his feet in at once to ones that couldn't cover uh, a normal person's big toe. There was a certificate of authenticity which was signed by Linda McMahon. Of course it was. <laughs> it cost, cost reasons. Yeah, why wouldn't it be? <laughs> then the outfit itself, uh, and the guy says, perhaps if he lost £150 and his penis, he could dance around it in the outfit to the delight of nobody. So he laid out his bounty across the floor, uh, one cheerleader outfit, three pom-poms, and he didn't even dare question why there was three, three. Mm. four pairs of panties a bra signed by his least favourite wrestler of all time 
and six pair of oddly shaped socks. So going into the Hall of Lame is the merchandise of one Katie Vick. And that, that's not official WWE merchandise, surely. That's not. No, that's that, like, that's, that's not chucking away some stock, and, and and no, they they sold it. They bought it from WWE. It was just that one blows bo- my mind. One box of ridiculous, ridiculous merchandise. Potentially the worst, most in poor taste storyline ever done. Mm-hmm. But that was so bad. Not the worst, ironically, not the worst merchandise because on that same episode we covered the Hulk Hogan meat shoes. Which meat is, shoes, don't you? Not the meat shoes, mate. I'd have a pair of the Hulk Hogan meat shoes now if I could. The guy that made his own—that he is a god amongst men. Yeah. Just in case you want warm, sweaty meat from the sole of your boot at any particular point in your life. And let's be honest, everyone's been out. Everyone's been out at some kind of, you know, social occasion and thought, I'd, I'd love a bit of jerky now from under my heel. Or you even like no, there's no man dog. on this planet around for that. Some some hot dog. Mm? Or, or yeah. even a dairyly like, triangle in there. Oh, we're pushing the boat out there, mate, ain't you? A dairyly triangle. Well, in the same drawer as you keep your hot dogs and your and your jerky. Mm, oh. I don't know about that one. I don't know about that one. Meat all the way for me, mate. Scottish Dan and meat shoes coming soon to one man's meat. If you don't cover that, then that's a sham of a podcast name. <laughs> if you don't cover the Hulk Hogan meat shoes. Oh, so, top, Katie Vicks. Top Katie Vicks merchandise. Uh, I'll tell you, I don't think I can, mate. I don't think I can, because that is terrible. Knowing the storyline being as bad as it was, it was so bad that in this country, they cut it from when being aired on television. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know? Uh, uh, oh. But I'll tell you what we'll do. It's not too far off time-wise, actually, Katie Vick. Because Katie Vick was, what, 2003-ish, 2004? Um, I had the year up, 2002. 2002. Okay, so a little bit earlier than I thought then. But yeah, a few years after this then. Uh, and I think as soon as I mention a certain certain bits and bobs, you're going to know exactly where I'm going. And this was actually suggested to us by somebody who listens to the show, uh, a real you know important member of the CWF. I'm fairly certain it was Scottish Danny. Uh, apologies if I got that wrong. But I'm going to go for a wrestler under the name Tim Arson. Now, he wrestled for various companies in Puerto Rico and so on. Never really made it big. Had a few appearances on Sunday Night Heat, one dark match on Monday Night Raw. But he had a big TV appearance. He was in the first match on television, on sci-fi, for the ECW reboot. No. And was defeated by the Sandman. I'm going for Tim Arson, who played the ECW zombie. It was so bad. Now... Anyone who cannot remember, all wrestling fans will know who, who you know ECW was groundbreaking in certain aspects. It was you know certain times it was exciting. Okay, there's a lot of stuff on there as well that maybe not have hit the mark, but it was a very very important company for the development of wrestling at that time. When ECW was getting apparently rebooted by the WWE, who owned all the rights and so on, a lot of people were quite excited about this because the one night stand pay per views were quite good. The DVD yep. they had released was very very good sci-fi channel bought the rights and in a way of kind of i suppose lip crossing over or linking with the sci-fi channel they decided to have a few sort of tongue-in-cheek silly gimmicks and one of the first matches was an ecw original i guess ecw legend the sandman facing this guy tim arson but he's forever now going to be remembered as the ecw zombie he comes out 
dressed up in your know, stereotypical ripped up zombie clothes, arms out in front of him, making funny noises. Uh, it, yeah, oh, brains, and all that bloody nonsense. And it just made an absolute mockery of everything. And straight away, all the excitement that you had about ECW coming back, it was a case of within the first two minutes of the show, oh, great, so Vince McMahon has got his hands on this, and this is already fucked. This is already done. You, you know? You've never seen a brand be buried so mm-hmm. quickly. Even yeah. when he bought WCW and he did the whole kind of simulcast and the, the world is in my hands, even WCW felt like it had hope. Once you watched this match, you knew ECW was fucked. Mm. It was. And it was a real shame. It was a real shame. I mean, uh, Tim Austin's no longer with us now. He died very young uh, at the age of 38. Unfortunately, brains couldn't get enough of them. <sighs> no real cause of death was disclosed, and he's been dead for a few years now, so I'm guessing we're never really going to Or is to he know. still walking the earth? Oh, my God, Mags. This is a man who's passed away and left a, a missus and children for crying out freaking loud. What is wrong with you? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm too chipper to... Mourn a zombie. You're too chipper to mourn a zombie. Right, okay, that's not a sentence I thought we'd hear when we started the show, but fair enough. Yeah, so there we go. Going into the Hall of Lame this week from myself is the ECW zombie. Something that firmly fits the criteria of if a non-wrestling fan comes in the room and sees this, this is what you're embarrassed about as a wrestling fan. So we have this week's Hall of Lame, Katie Vicks merchandise, and the ECW zombie. Brilliant. Two yuck. very worthy picks. And yuck. <laughs> uh, Magsy, shall we dive on into Twitter then with our non-wrestling topic for this week? And yet another, we're just hitting zinger after zinger this week because this, again, was a brilliant topic. I love visiting this uh, this uh, non-wrestling topic. Yeah, and we do seem to come back to it semi-often I like to sort of, you know, try to make sure we leave a gap between just in case you know we get anything too it, repetitive but it always does well doesn't it it's the it's the second beer stories yeah exactly I'll tell you what since we've gone live I, don't, I think we've only ever done one of those drunk stories maybe Dan's that's been drunk soon. Dan's been drunk 64 times since then he'll, mm. he'll have a, a, a full episodes with a stories for us yeah, maybe we should bring drunk stories. It'd be nine. Like, drunk stories five. Drunk stories six. It must be something like that. I think it's five. Maybe five. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. 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 This week's non-wrestling topic was literally ask us anything, and we put on the tweet out saying about the topic: music, sports, wrestling, uh, fantasy booking, TV, serious stuff, daft stuff, whatever you want to chuck at us. And yeah, you really did jump on board with that, didn't you? Whatever you want to chuck at us, because we've got such a variety of questions. But again, ask us anything. It's literally that. Anything at all. And just for context, I've scanned uh, to make sure I've, I've liked all the tweets, but I haven't read any of the questions. So you are hitting me first with these. Or maybe I've read, I might have read one from Steve or, but um, yeah. So what you're saying is, what you're saying is, you've put in literally no preparation or care into into if that's what makes up give, what makes up the majority give, of this week's show. <laughs> I wanted to give an organic answer. I didn't want time to kind of uh, think of it. I just wanted it to come off the cuff and be natural. Ah, okay, okay. Well, let's plus see how that goes. Plus, I didn't answer any of the questions. <laughs> <laughs> let's just see how that goes, then, shall we? 
We will start with good friend of the show, Mr. Dan Griffin. And as always, I'll read these out on Twitter as they came, the order they came into us. Uh, at Dan Griffin 21 on Twitter. If you could only watch three wrestling feuds, matches, promos, vignettes, everything, etc., for the rest of your life, what would they be? Mm, interesting. Rock Austin. Okay. Austin McMahon. Oh, M- yeah. Macho Man versus Repo Man. Easy. Macho Man versus Repo Man. About the hat. When he when he repossesses the hat. Correct. Is that seriously the, your third choice you're going to lie? Not Omega what, Okada or anything like that, no? no why, why would I go for quality wrestling when I've got the Repo Man, the, the greatest wrestler to have ever lived? So you're going to just be like this all the way through today's episode, are you? Pretty much. Oh, dear, dear, dear. And, and onto the volley. So, <laughs> good luck, Matt. This is what you're dealing with on, on the volley, Matt. Uh, I have to agree with Millwall Chris, who said Flare Steamboat. Because just I, I always go back and revisit 1989 it is NWA all the time. Uh, I got a soft spot for Shawn Michaels Triple H in 2002. We looked at a well, couple of those matches recently. Of course you would. Yeah, well, of course I would. You know, Shawn Michaels is my guy, isn't he? And you, you get the the SummerSlam match, the Survivor Series match, those brilliant vignettes and, and music packages, and that moment where it's like, oh, it was you, Hunter, when he realizes it was him that put him through the window and so on. And then I couldn't decide between Austin and Rock or Omega Okada. Omega Okada also getting quality wrestling. Austin Rock, you're getting pretty good wrestling. Maybe not to the same level, but you get so much more there as well because mm-hmm. it spans years, doesn't it? And you get all the little moments in the Royal Rumbles as well and all that sort of stuff. So I'd probably go Austin Rock myself as yeah, my last it, one. It's essentially a five-year career feud. I mean, we spoke mm-hmm. about it before, how this... Um, this Certainly for The Rock was a career feud, and for Austin it was one of his two career feuds. So it's a it's a, a great pick. And then you get you get the, the just for the WrestleMania 17 Maui promos. You just yeah. you can't beat fantastic. Them, so. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I think that would be the one. I think that would be the one. Dan Griffin continues. Would you rather pluck a nose hair every hour you're awake, or take a kick to the daddy bags every other day? Nose hair. I can pluck a yeah. nose there anyway. It doesn't. It it hurts the first few times, but you get it's something you get used to. No man in the history of the world has got used to getting kicked in 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 the spuds. So, thing as well there is one of them's got a shelf life, hasn't it? Because if you pick a nose hair every hour, eventually you're gonna run out of nose hairs. Exactly. So then you've got a bit of time to for it to to regrow. Whereas uh, knowing that every other day you're getting a, a, a wallop in the spuds, yeah, so that, there's no option there. Yeah, I'm with you on that one, Magsy. I'm with you. Millwall Chris, at Millwall Chris 1 on Twitter. And apologies if it seems like we're firing through some of these a little bit quick, but we had so much come in this week and we, we can't go on all night. I got work in the morning for a start. So, <laughs> so there we go. Millwall Chris 1 on Twitter. He says, if Little Miss Muffet had married Saddam Hussein, oh dear, um, if Little Miss Muffet had married Saddam Hussein, would the Kurds have their way? I'm just going to say yes and move on, I think. It, it all depends if that, that way was halal, I suppose. What is way? It's like curds from... Well, not curds and way. I think way is the, the liquid from when you make cheese. So you cheese is made with milk. Obviously, you put rennet in to kind of like sour it. 
and the curds are the solid bits that you gather up and squeeze with a cheesecloth and the whey is the liquid the liquid part Ugh. of the milk you wouldn't want that would you gammy cheese liquid <laughs> it's just it'd be tasting like skim milk that has been skimmed over and over and over and over again like bad quavers flavoured milkshake or something <laughs> oh not a good look man not a good look oh good bad good cop bad cop wrestling podcast on twitter at good bad wrestle he asks here as i didn't get an answer on radio techers sausage sandwich red or brown sauce brown all day mate brown all day for me magsy on sausage sandwiches no sauce no sauce on in fact if anything i'd go with the same answer that dan says on the on 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 the replies mustard yeah but choice of brown question is it Right, well, then the answer is choice of the sauces, none of the above. But that's not an option. It says here red or brown. It's like, well, okay. That, if, no, Put no, on. hang on. If, that no. was, if that's the way you want to play You're the game. You're ruining my vibe, sir. Not. You are ruining my vibe. <laughs> if that's the way you want to play the game, right, you've just had Dan Griffin ask you, do you want to have a nose y- hair yanked out your face every hour or kicked in the bollocks all the time, right? And one of those you chose. When it came to putting sauce on your, on your bloody sausages, you're like, oh, no, I don't want either of them. Yeah. Okay. So we'll play by the rules. I would have, <laughs> ke- I would have ketchup on it, and then I would fucking yeet the sausage sandwich into the bin. There you go. You've ruined it now. Now we have to have just fried egg. That's ridiculous. Do you, do you not see how what you're saying just doesn't make sense? Because you were willing to pick the nose hair ball bag situation, but the sauce I, one, you're just like no chance. Some questions. Th- they just don't have a, a, a correct answer. The options are not the, the right options. The correct option in, in this... the bonnet or having a nose hair pulled is the right options. The, no, clearly the option is I would rather do neither, but I would definitely rather pick a nose hair than eat a sandwich with, with ketchup or brown sauce on, especially a sausage sandwich. Okay, so you would rather pick a nose hair every hour you're awake than eat a sausage sandwich with brown sauce? Yes. And that, that is a hill dude. I will die on. <laughs> that is a really odd thing to say. See, <laughs> it's, it's all in the chat. Everybody agrees. No sauce, no sauce, brilliant. No sauce is the way to go. All Mag's happiness gone because of a fictional sausage. Yeah, you have ruined my joy, sir, by making me stick to an arbitrary <laughs> rule not, of having me. sauce. <laughs> It's not me, it's the question. They took the time to tweet into the show to ask us a question. I think we should do the best we should do is answer it. I'm, I'm leaving this pinned up for a good 30 seconds. Because Conor McCain, McCain in the chat. For, for such a young pup, he's got, a, he's got an old head on his shoulders. Good, See, if good I was answer. given the option, I would like mustard. Yes, I would. Of course I would. And proper mustard. You, that's a good thing to do, Matt. It's right. He's just he's wound me up now, so I'm going to be cantankerous for the rest of the episode. You thought you were getting happy bags. Science ruined it. Stop unmuting my mic. Stop muting stop, my mic. Stop unmuting it. Oh, for crying out freaking loud. Brilliant. Anyway, Morty on Twitter, at MortyJunior5, he says here, recast Doctor Who using wrestlers, the Doctor, the Master, a few villains of the week, and a few companions. Uh, I would go with the master. I can see Eric Bischoff being in that role. Slimy, mm. horrible bastard. Uh, villain, I could have Vince McMahon as Davros, creator of all the evil. But for the Doctor Who, I couldn't, I couldn't look no further than, than William Regal. 
Okay, yeah, I can see that. Uh, for me, it has to be somebody who is a perennial baby face, who you couldn't see being anything else than than the good guy. Hmm. Next news. <laughs> John Cena. It's got to be John Cena. John Cena is Doctor Who. Oh, I don't know about that, mate. He would love a little bit of wibbly wobbly timey wimey. Believe me. Mm. For companions, I I just think Trish Stratus, just so I could see her on my television. <laughs> I mean, Bailey is ace, surely. Oh, she'd make a good Doctor Who as well, though, wouldn't she, Bailey? Now they're casting mm. ladies as Doctor Who. Bailey would make a good Doctor Who. Oh, oh, she's a little bit quirky. Sasha Banks would as well. Yeah, I suppose. Is she a bit small? I mean, so Bailey's smaller than Sasha, surely. Is she? I think. I think so. I always thought I always thought Sasha was like really little. I don't know. We'll we'll have to we'll have to fact check that. But mm. I still think she she's a great actress. She's been great in the Mandalorian, so I'm sure she'd make a good uh, the Doctor. Um, Cybermen, hmm. the zombie, that zombie guy. He could yeah. He could walk like a Cyberman, so he'd do good. Um, oh, him and the Yeti. That'd be a, a good pairing for Cybermen. The Spirit Squad, because they're all dressed the same and there's a load of them. They could be the Weeping Angels. Every time you oh, turned okay. around, they'd be going, Mickey! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, there you go, see? They don't need to recast all Doctor Who and reboot it and all that sort of stuff. Just give it to us, we can sort that out. No problems and at all. That's why you have a Doctor Who podcast on this very, very network. Yes, yes, indeed. Scottish Juggalo on Twitter, at Scottish Juggalo, Scottish Danny, Colin McCaldy. How are you doing there, Danny, in the chat? Hope you're well, my friend. Uh, he says here, thanks to WWE's erasing, there's an underground movement in the IWC that believes Stevie Richards was Chris Benoit all along, and that Mr. Benoit never existed. With that said, what's your favourite wrestling fib that you know is a lie, but you want to believe anyway? I, I love... The fact that we still believe blading isn't really a thing. I mean, right. as fans, as like smarky fans that we are, we know it's a thing, but it's still shocking when you see someone bleeding and it's like, oh my God, they, they've busted up, they've got a crimson mask, but yeah, you, you know that they've took a little bit of a razor blade that they've sellotaped to the wrist and or they've tucked into the teeth and they've just nicked themselves a little bit. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I love the fact that people are willing to cut themselves to bleed for the entertainment of of morons. Yeah, I get what you mean. I get what you mean. Uh, I like the lie that Hulk Hogan told about how he beat Andre in 1987. Andre passed the torch over to him and died a couple of days later, when Andre actually died in 1993. Wow. And he actually wrote that in his book, that that happened. I mean, I think... I don't think he believes it's a lie, though. He just says so much bullshit that he thinks everything that comes out of his own mouth is the truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, fair point. I mean, there's this common misconception that The Undertaker was always fantastic to watch and he's a legend and this. And yes, he is a legend, but for a long, long time of his career, he was abysmal to watch. That's one that's... Uh... And Dan Griffin in the chat there saying, did Cy just have a stroke saying McCaldy? Was that an attempt at a Scottish accent? I'll tell you what that was. I don't know why both. this happened. It was a little bit of both. I started calling him Colin and I completely forgot what the surname was that me and Magsy had given him. And I almost went to say Colin McRae. I don't even know who Colin McRae is. He's Colin McRae. 
He's a, the the rally car driver. Right. I went to say Colin McRae, and it was only when I got halfway through I realised that's the wrong word. And I just kind of... <laughs> it's, <laughs> wrong, it's the wrong Colin. Yeah, it's the wrong Colin. And then I just kind of sort of you know just winged it from there on yeah that's right i winged it with regards to the last three letters of a whole word (laughs) (laughs) ah at rain counter on twitter our good buddy poor tolly listening to badlands this morning magsy bloody loved the uh raw rumble fantasy booking great stuff laughed all the way home i did mate it was great great show i appreciate it he says and i couldn't do this i really struggled with this he says take two bands switch their singers to make two better bands. Okay. And that's, that's, I find that quite tricky. Yeah, it, it is hard. Um, I'm trying to kind of do it off the cuff. I know that Paul is a massive Manic Street Preachers fan, so I'm going to take uh, James Dean Bradfield, the, the lead singer from there, and I'm going to actually switch him with Damon Albarn, but not from Blur, from Gorillaz, because I... Th- I think with the kind of style of music that gorillas do, I think the the the, the dulcet tones of James Dean Branfield would would fit in there really really well. Okay, does that make Manic Street Preachers better though? I mean, not listening to Manic Street Preachers would make him better, I suppose. You just um, want to start not- picking fights with our listeners as well, now then, yeah. Yeah, Paul knows I love to to wind him up. Um, no, I, th- I think it's. It takes away their uniqueness of, of being an all Welsh band, I suppose, but it would be interesting to hear the songs of Manic Street Preachers through the, the, the voice of, of a cheeky cockney like Damon Albarn. So. Oh, okay. So I really At least I tried. You didn't. Hey, you, you I'm know. not. Hang on. I mean, I, I'm just saying I've not tried. <laughs> I haven't said I'm not I've tried. Not I just tried. said I find it difficult. Okay. Um, I really struggled to make it to make the, the two bad to make the two bands better part was what really really st- stuck with me really really caused an issue for me. I can think of plenty of bands that are lead singers I'd swap over just to see what happens, but I'm not sure they make the bands better. Yeah, I mean it, it is tough thinking about the the question kind of literally. You you're always going to take away a, an element that mm. makes a band good. And if you put that element in another band, yeah, it's going to improve that band, but you are then going to give an inferior kind of uh, element back. So it is a it is a tough, tough one to call. Yeah, and the one I kept coming back to was, was Freddie Mercury. You know, obviously incredibly, incredibly talented individual, but I'd love to see them sing harder stuff, potentially, than Queen. You know, a Black Sabbath album, maybe, and uh, I kept coming to like in my head Deep Purple records, which probably be suited to his his range. Hearing him sing on some of those Deep Purple records that Coverdale sang on, or Ian Gillan sang on, and, and so on, that would be interesting. But at the same time, there's no way that any of those guys would go the other way and make Queen a better band. So it falls yeah. down there as well, doesn't it? I mean, the the Black Sabbath one is probably the closest shout because if you have Ozzy Osbourne belting out the hits of Queen whilst it might not be as good as, as Freddie um, it would certainly be unique so it'd that, be nowhere near as good as I mean I love Ozzy but nowhere near as good <laughs> no I get that but it, at least is that kind of unique element to it mm. um, with with yeah, you're always going to struggle replacing yeah. Freddie Mercury because he will always make every band you put him with better. 
because he's so talented. He was so yeah, talented. You think so, but, yeah. but you you lose that element in Queen then. Yeah, yeah. So it's a ridiculous really question, Paul. Uh, idiot, don't come with this bullshit again, sir. See, I was about, literally about to say that's a really good question, Paul. <laughs> Thanks a lot. But all right. <laughs> Uh, ja we have here J-A at 80s and 90s wrestling on Twitter Snog marry avoid Ravishing Rick Rude Morrissey Steve Bull okay so Snog would have to be Rick Rude okay because I mean look at him he's a he's a he's a he's a Greek god of a man marry I would go with Steve Bull. Yeah. Because he looks like, one, he's a cuddler, and two, he <laughs> looks quite cuddly. Even though he's got, like, the bald head and, and the rough looks, he looks, like, husky a little bit, so he's cuddly, where Morrissey, obviously being vegan and a bit of a wanker, um, he's going to be very bony, very un unloving, uh, very mm. harsh, and kind of shallow nasty person so i'd avoid him like the plague although i do love the smiths and some of his some of morris's earlier uh work but yeah that's how i go i'd i'd get right i'd get tongue deep with with rick rude i would hug up to steve bull thinking of rick rude whilst doing the marital stuff <laughs> and and, I'd, and i would give morrissey a wide berth I would tick those same boxes, I think, Max. But I think the, I mean, with Steve Bull, for example, you could go for a kick around the point of him, couldn't you, as well? You know? Yeah, that's it. And he would, it looks like he would hold your hand walking to mm-hmm. Tesco. Do you reckon Steve Bull's a hand holder? Yeah, I think he is. I think well, I'm, he is. I'm taking away from this whole segment of the show, and probably this episode, this week's, this week's episode, is that whilst sleeping with Steve Bull, you would be thinking of Rick Reed. <laughs> I think that's. <laughs> I think that's the biggest takeaway. I mean, isn't 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 that just life in general, though? Well, I suppose. Are we talking Rick Rude nineteen ninety or WCW Rude with the short hair? Are we talking eighty nine Rick Rude with the big perm? I'm talking WCW, ECW, and WWF all in the same week. Rick Rude, where he had a mustache and then shaved it off. Oh, full beard on one episode as well, wasn't it? Clean shaven Rick Rude in the suit and everything. Bloody hell. Eh? So you're very, very specific about which Rick Reed you want as well, then. You're not just... <laughs> not he, any Rick he, Reed. He can any grow era. it out. He can grow the hair out back to the, the kind of uh, the fluffy bouffant. Uh, but we'll start short and work our way up. Yeah, okay. That's, <laughs> I'm this just took a bit of a weird turn, but we'll move on. <laughs> Rob, at UTT Rob on Twitter. He says, Sai versus Mags. Who would eat in a toast-eating competition? Mm-hmm. Morty then asked, what's on the toast? Rob responded, it's dry. I'm not too sure I'd be very good at that, Max. Right. Now, th- this, we need some stipulations. What bread are we eating and toasting? I'd say white. Okay. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of white bread. All right. Well, I'm brain, I'm- I suppose. No, but not I that like many options, is there? The issue is, this is where it becomes an issue. I like seeded bread. So if you're eating that dry, that's like eating essentially dust. 
So why would you choose that if it's going to make it more no, difficult? So I'm saying, which are we choosing? So we're choosing white, like Warburton's bread. Well, what would be the easiest? Are we choosing fucking Warburton's bread? Jesus, well, man. Bread with, if, you're saying, if you're saying eating dry bread with seeds <sighs> on is going to be worse, I'm not choosing that. Right, so it's white bread. White Warby's will just clear clear the slate. White Warby's bread. Well, don't ask the question if you don't want to answer me to answer it. So Dan Griffin uh, has, um, has adjudicated in Rob's answers uh, because of him uh, being on UTT, white bread. And Matt has added to it cheap own brand white bread, which is actually better because it's more airy than standard bread. Yeah, and if you're trying to eat loads of it, you don't want to spend like you know £1.50 on a loaf and you can get it for 17p, do you? Exactly. So, how many slices, sir, do you reckon you could legitimately get through? I don't know. How long did he say in a minute? Oh, just an eating competition. Mm-hmm. So, it's not even a time frame. It's however long it takes us. Yeah. And bear in mind, dry bread is going to is going to dry up your mouth. So, I don't oh, think you can no. stop and start. And like, it's not like over the day. It's in one sitting. See, when it comes to things like that, sat down to actually do it. I like to think I'm pretty determined and I'll just try and power through. But I reckon I'd struggle with that. I reckon I'd really struggle with that. I'm at a stage now, I mean, everyone, I suppose a lot of people do have like a drink with the meals they have, don't they? I'm at a stage now where I, I have to have a drink with my meal. I don't know if it's an, an age thing or whatever. But you just I, it never used to. saliva. Yeah, it, just, well, it never used to bother me. Until literally like a year ago, it never used to bother me. But now I've got to make sure I've got a drink with my food. Okay. So if I'm eating dry bread, I imagine that'd be even worse. Dry toast, sorry. So for context, I've tried the the dry Weetabix challenge. Okay. Where you eat two Weetabix biscuits, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, and that's horrific. The first one is hard. The second one is it's like eating glass. It's that dry and pointy and sharp. So bread, it wouldn't be as bad as that, but it certainly come close. But it's toast, uh, isn't it? So it's a different texture again. Okay. Yeah. That's that's. It's hardened, crispier bread. Brilliant. Yeah, I know what toast is. I'm just, you're, you're talking, oh, for goodness sake. What is wrong so with you this week? I'm going to put down a number. I think I could eat four, four slices. I'm going to pitch four slices. I'm going to go five then. Well, fuck off. Right. <laughs> you, you would win. <laughs> Jesus wept. Thanks, Rob. Another ridiculous question. <laughs> I don't know if I could do five. So we should do that next week. Uh, no, I don't want to. Thanks. All right. <laughs> no carbs before mobs. <laughs> before mobs. <laughs> oh dear. We have here Chris, our Radio Techers uh, partner, broadcast buddy, I guess, at 82 not underscore Chris on Twitter. He says here, would you rather be trapped in a rom com with Ryan Satin and Jim Cornette or a horror movie with each other? I don't, who's Ryan Satin? He's a dickhead reporter, isn't he? Yeah, and they hate each other with with a passion. So are they the subjects of the rom-com? They hate each other and end up getting along in the end and becoming a couple then? I would assume so. That it's Or essentially it may be a love triangle. So what? I, you know, you, You're the well, third no, it'd be a wheel. square, wouldn't it? Because it'd be you and me in there, so it'd be like a it'd be four no, of us. I think he's saying, like, if one of us singular was in this rom-com and then um, we're in the horror movie together. Oh, uh, okay. I mean, the answer's simple. We'd be in the horror movie together. Sure. Why would we? 
Uh, do you want to be in a rom? Are you picturing you'd like to be in a rom com with well, no, I, with Jim okay. Cornette and Ryan Satin? I think you need to look at the look at the criteria of this situation here. Oh, okay. look! Now the rules don't apply when no, Sarah wants to answer the question. The bollocks! The rules do apply. Listen, okay. Ryan Satin, Jim Cornette, rom com. Right? If they are the subject of the rom com, as as a couple that don't get along and then get together. Okay, it'd be shit because you know films like that normally are. But at the end of it, you get a wedding and a piss up. Grand. If you and me are in a horror film together, that depends entirely upon if I can outrun you or not. That's that's fair. But what if the you're assuming that that rom com is about them being a couple that get together? You are you are you're kind of missing the fact that it could be them trying to woo you. And you're you're the 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 protagonist of the show, and you yeah. eventually would have to make that choice. I suppose. How I, I yeah, met okay, your salmon. I'd take the chances in the horror movie. Then. I mean, as as Five Nerds Go says, you'd win because I apparently I have no legs, so I can't run away from from the murderer. This is true. But the murderer may take pity on. Um, someone who looks like a Dalek. So there we mm. go. Win, win, win. I like the way you're just going along with this now and just declaring that you look like a Dalek. That's amazing. <laughs> L- live the gimmick, sir. Live the gimmick. <laughs> the Burnley Chainsaw Massacre. Scottish Danny in the chat. Brilliant stuff. <laughs> yeah, I reckon horror movie then, Max. I reckon horror movie. Yeah. I mean, also, I think most horror movies, people who die in horror movies are stupid. I think you and me are intelligent <laughs> enough to avoid it. I thought you were going to go the other way then and say, so we would definitely be dead. No, it's like, I don't understand. Why do they run upstairs? Mm-hmm. Go out the front door. Why do they answer the phone when it's an unknown number? Well, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Lots of stuff. Loads of stuff. Just idiots, mate. Idiots. Yeah, they are. They are. Why are they out driving that late at night when their car is obviously going to run out of gas? The needle says E. With no lights on and no seatbelt, and picking up passengers. You fucking deserve what you get. Mm-hmm. To be gutted with a big knife. <laughs> Brilliant. Anyway. <laughs> uh, Mill Chris, at Mill Chris one on Twitter, he asks here, you have to go 10 minutes with one of these wrestlers in a street fight. Who are you choosing? And the options are, Magsy, Brock Lesnar, Bobby Lashley, New Jack, Terry Taylor. I'm taking New Jack because he's dead, and he can't fight back. Oof, so you're going to beat up a dead body? Well, no, I'll just just, just claim myself the winner after 10 minutes because he ain't getting up, is he? No, 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 you have to lay punches in, so you're willing to punch a dead body. You have to face these whilst they're alive. That's the rule. Um, The the answer's obvious, isn't it? It's the the stupid red rooster. And in fact, this is good because you could go the first 10 minutes, give him a proper good kick in, and just when he thinks he's, oh, it's do- done, I'll have my 10 minutes and carry on the fucking whooping on Terry Taylor. Yeah, fair shite, mate. Fair shite. I didn't the- Bobby and New Jack all get a 10 minutes as well. I do dress as the Red Rooster just to piss him off off the kicker's ass. <laughs> just die a Mohican Red. Just yeah. <laughs> fuck out of him. My Mohican as well would be like way tall as well because my hair's quite long. <laughs> and, and I'd dress up in a tuxedo and pretend to be interviewing him backstage for Coliseum Home Video. <laughs> oh, man. We have here uh, Cherry Jerry at Heel Cherry Jerry on Twitter. And he says, does Cody Rhodes have a 141 and two-thirds percent chance of showing up at WrestleMania? 
and there's a video attached, which I'm assuming I probably should have watched before asking the question. Same. I mean, I probably should have given the video uh, the the question of lack as well, which I didn't. Sorry about that. Uh, heel Cherry mm. Jerry. But yeah, he he's, he appears at WrestleMania. He's got to surely. Yeah, I reckon. Yeah, I reckon. I don't know about the exact odds, but I'll go along with the the number you've put there, my friend. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Connor knows stuff at Connor knows stuff on Twitter. In if you chat. were a billionaire, he is in the chat. If you were a billionaire and you were in charge of a new football club, did what, you say what billionaire your... then? No, billionaire. Say, yes. No, but did you say before you restart? Did you say billionaire? It sounded like you did. If you were a billionaire, I said didn't I? No, the first time you said it, then you stopped and said it again. Never mind. Move on, sir. Okay. If you were a billionaire and you were in charge of a new football club, what would your club name be? What city would you play in? What colours would you choose as club colours? Who would be your club sponsor? What kind of ground would you play in? Hmm. Okay. So if I were a billionaire, the club sitter would also be part of the name, Paddyum. It'd have to be Paddyum, wouldn't it? <laughs> The Paddium Predators. So, for the colour, um, knowing Paddium, it's drab. It's boring, so the colours are a bit grey, brown, off-white. Wow, um, lovely, lovely. The the club sponsor would be, like, Milk or The Army, <laughs> like old-fashioned <laughs> WWF. And what kind of ground will we play? We play underground in, like, a car park. Just on the concrete. Yeah. Goalposts painted on the wall. Jumpers for goalposts. Jumpers for goalposts. Bit of string for a crossbar or a pipe. Correct. <laughs> like a sewage pipe. <laughs> Milk crates we used to use. Yeah. <laughs> uh, mine would be, well, I've, I've had this conversation with Sharon so many times that if we won like big, big money on the lottery, like huge, like billions and billions, I'd buy Gloucester City Football Club. But since he said now a new club, I'd just probably recreate something similar at home. Okay. You know, so I'd, the name would be obviously something, I don't know, Gloucester Tigers, Gloucester Rovers, something along those lines, I suppose. So I couldn't use Gloucester City. We obviously would play in Gloucester. I'd convert Gloucester back to the yellow and black stripes because that's what they should be wearing, not the colours they've changed to recently, which annoyed me a great deal. Uh, club sponsor. I think shirts look great without a sponsor, so I just wouldn't have one. Or I'd do the Barcelona yeah. thing. No. Yeah. No, I've always detested shirts without a sponsor. Really? Unless it's an international. Yeah. No, I've never, oh, never been a fan. Never been a fan of them. They always Maybe look like that. you scrubbers couldn't even get yourself a sponsor. No one likes you enough to that they're willing to attach their name to your shirts. You absolute dossers. Anyway, <laughs> what kind of ground would you play in? I'd recreate the old meadow park before the floods to the exact spec of how it looked. Wow. Prime absolute, 1997. Absolute no ambition whatsoever. What do you mean no ambition? That year we nearly you're, went up, mate. Yeah, but you're a billionaire. You could create a new Millennium Stadium or a new Wembley in your image but instead you create a stadium that was decrepit at the time it was flooded hang on bollocks decrepit at the time. <laughs> it looked bloody good at the time mate it looked really did it, good. Did, was it was it an all-seater or was it standing room only and then one side of the scratch that the ground was seated the posh side yeah never no, no way on that side though did they yeah i'd pay an extra pain to go sit down in there mate. <laughs> 
<laughs> a whole pound. Yeah. Unless you're under 16, then you can do it for nothing. Sharon, as, as, as Trump, yeah, JCB is a sponsor. That's a, a brilliant sponsor for there you go. a Gloucester-based football club. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. I think Gloucester was talking about like Heartland Motors for a long time with the sponsors. Oh, that's classy, isn't it? Yeah. In our yellow and black striped shirts. That Just go to the, the biggest kind of employer or the biggest like factory in Gloucester and say, sponsor us. It'd be like Unilever or something like that, I suppose, wouldn't it? Actually, in Gloucester itself. I probably got that completely wrong and there's someone much, much bigger. <laughs> yeah, offended listening yeah. to this. I'm never listening to him again. How yeah, dare you not know, know what the hell is he on about? <laughs> uh, Connor No Stuff continues. If you could sign, hang on, what have we got here? Sharon in the chat, my good wife. If it's a rundown old wreck, then it's in his image. Thanks, love. Oh. Really appreciate the, you contributing there. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> the Matchbox Factory, Sharon suggests there as a sponsor as well. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. Cathedral City Cheese. Is that even made in Gloucester? I don't think it is, is it? Is that is Gloucester the Cathedral City? Well, we've got a big cathedral. I mean, it's quite famous, you know. Doctor Who, Harry Potter was filmed there and stuff. Maybe. It's probably the biggest attraction we've got, you know. Maybe they can provide you with some way then to, to see if the Kurds would like their way. Yeah, maybe. Look at that, linking back to the very first question. <laughs> I don't like thinking about cheesy, gone off cheese milk. It's gross. Mm, nom, nom, nom. Nom, nom, nom. Connor Scarris on here. Lastly, if you could sign one star player from any league, who would you sign and why? Steve so Bull. you could, Steve Bull, because he's your husband. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I mean, I'm on a bound to sign Steve Bull. Yeah, it's it's in your player manager. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Steve O at Total Steve O on Twitter. He says here, where do you see chain wrestling in a year's time? Hashtag cancelled. Mm, yeah, one of us is bound to say something that ends up with the show just being took off. I'm, I'm, like a yeah. I'm surprised nobody's done a Joe Rogan and Spotify and gone through the old episodes to find out when we've said some ridiculous shit and cancelled us because of that. No, um, I, I honestly I don't ever put kind of limits or expectations on on stuff like this. Um, apart from if if it's still fun, then I'm, I, I yeah. want to carry it on. If it becomes huge, uh, which it's everybody's dream, obviously, to, to kind of this become a living and uh, and and really kind of um, essentially making money from doing what you enjoy. But if it doesn't, it doesn't. Uh, I still think we'll be uh, talking absolute bollocks about ridiculous wrestling and, and answering stupid, stupid questions. Yeah, every Monday, join us live. Forever. <laughs> for eternity. Forever. 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 What happens when one of us dies then? Then I've got my legacy all lined up. They all know what, like the royal family, they're all next in line for the podcast for all. So if you die before me, I'll be podcasting one of your kids. It's, and then one of their kids. And one of their kids. Yeah. I better go brief the girls and I suppose what they're up to when I pass away. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> Don't have any any aspirations of a job. Don't yeah. have any aspirations. You gotta go. You gotta go sit that funny little corner in Daddy's bedroom that he's put foam all around the sides and he's got cables hanging all over the place. From you gotta go sit just, down there. Just bring them all into the room, line them up, and then just point and go. One day, 
All this <laughs> will be yours. All this will be yours. Look at it. You can't even fit a this, glass of squash on the face. This so is my legacy. <laughs> uh, Steve-O also asks, Lesnar versus Reigns again next year's WrestleMania. No, it's it's got to be Reigns versus Rock. It has mm. to be. Yeah, I'd thought it's so. built to that. Um, I mean, if it happens, it happens. I mean, you can understand why WWE would go down that route. They are clearly the two most marketable male wrestlers on the roster. But what will it be now? Four times that they've headlined WrestleMania. If mm. if the, it happens next year, no. The whole kind of story has been building to Rock versus Reigns. It's got to be that. Yeah, you think so, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Steve-O continues, do you have any matches which are dear to your heart? He says here, his are Cactus Jack Triple H, Street Fight at the Rumble 2000, <laughs> the four-way at WrestleMania 2000 main event, CM Punk versus Cena, Money in the Bank 2011, and Lesnar Reigns at WrestleMania 31. Some good picks. Yeah. Um, f- for me, um, it's probably Rock versus Austin, Mania 17. Mm, yeah, um, yeah, that's a great show. Shawn Michaels uh, versus Ric Flair at WrestleMania, the the um, the retirement match. Um, both of Michaels versus Undertaker at WrestleMania. Just just amazing storytelling in, yeah. in wrestling. Um yeah, and and then after that, it's Royal Rumbles, like Rumble '97, Rumble '98, um, the Rumble where uh, uh, Cena came back after uh, a month of being injured or however long it were when he was meant to be back, um, eight months after, um, stuff like that. It, it's really really stands out to me. But if I were to pick one, it, I think it would be Michaels versus Ric Flair. That that yeah. match still tugs at, at the old heartstrings. Yeah, I, I I totally agree with that shape, Max. I totally agree with that shape. I'd also chuck in uh, Michael's Triple H at SummerSlam 2002 for me. Because mm-hmm. just, just Sean coming back, I was just like, why? I never thought I'd get to see the guy wrestle again, you know? Yeah, uh, I mean, that, that Elimination Chamber match we watched, yeah. how amazing it was to watch that back. Um, a match that I haven't visited uh, too often enough for my liking. And yeah, the emotion from that match, yeah, mm. that's a, a, another yeah. good shout. Michael's Razor Ramon WrestleMania 10 is also a soft spot for me because yeah, yeah, I, mean, I was like the, 12, 13 at the time and it was the first I, time I'd seen anything like that I get it but the issue is that it's been eclipsed in terms of quality by so many other ladder matches now um, that whilst it, you, it, I understand its kind of significance of being the first I mean it technically wasn't but the first on a huge stage I suppose mm-hmm. uh, and it, and and the kind of like the, the uniqueness of it but there's so many better ladder matches now that I'd rather go back and watch I mean the NXT six man ladder match oh that's that's oh, yeah, almost that's, incredible, yeah. that's almost perfection almost perfection of a match yeah that is really good and, and I suppose you could list pretty much anything Ric Flair did in 1989 for me as well mm. the funk stuff the steamboat stuff just so so good you know no no Barry Windham or let, yeah, so Luger Windham I'd probably say from a bit earlier sort of 88 87-ish some of his stuff from there as well you know there's so many there's so many that I can go back and watch again and again and again you know mm-hmm. yeah okay WWF Wrestling Memories on Twitter at WWF Wrestling Memes he says here, 
if you could choose to be a WWF wrestler in a golden era, who would it be? A hero like Hogan, cartoon superhero like Warrior, mid-carder, with respect, he says here, like Tito Santana or Rick Martel, or shit-housing like Rick Rude and the Million Dollar Man. Perhaps a tag team member, badass like LOD. For me, it's quite straightforward. I'd pick someone like a Hogan or an Austin because they made the most money. Yeah, um, but as a wrestling fan of that age, did you think about the money? Or did you think about who who you gravitated towards? Well, in that case, then, I'm going to pick Shawn Michaels, aren't I? Okay, that's growing, fair. Grow, growing up, Shawn Michaels was, when he was the smarmy, nasty, arrogant mid-card heel with the IC title and battling Razor and he'd not long chat Mighty J through the window in, in, in the barbershop and so on. I don't know what it was. I just thought the guy was so freaking cool. It must have been the big blonde mullet, I'm guessing, you know? <laughs> that, I mean, it's a fair shout. Uh, f- for me, one of them is, he's already mentioned his pick. I would love to just rock around with LRD. Just go in, kick the living shit out of someone for three or four minutes, roll out, getting the biggest pops of the show no matter where you are in the card. That... That must have been a cool feeling to have, to know yeah. you were just that damn popular. You could be like the little Rocco, couldn't you, sat on the front of the bike? <laughs> <laughs> but the, the, there's only one real correct answer, and it's, it's um, I would be the Repo Man, because wow. he was just an absolute badass. I'd be the ECW zombie. No, Max, <laughs> me and you, we, we, of course, we're missing out. We, we, we'd be the Ding Dongs. Hmm. And then I mean, one of us is shooting in the ring. Got more the of a, we've got more of a Viking Raiders look, okay. I suppose. Yeah, fair enough. You'd make a good Hanson. Hanson? Yeah, Eric, yeah. is he called? No, Avar. I don't, I don't know. I, uh, the Viking Raiders I saw at Elimination Chamber when I watched the pay per view this weekend. Well, just well, I'm, I'm talking more War Machine Viking Raiders, like pre WWE. Uh, okay, right. That's probably when I've seen I think war, it's Avar. Is the one who's Hanson, the one with the longer beard? Right. Okay. Yeah. And so whenever you say Hanson, I just think of those kids who are blonde. Mm, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know the names of people in Viking Raiders. I don't watch WWE enough to know. You know. Well, just the Viking Raiders then. We'd yeah. Look okay. Like we could be them. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, at five nerds go. He says here, if you were allowed to donkey punch someone, who would it be? <laughs> He's a dickhead. Wives are not allowed. Why, okay. why, why would you want to donk? I mean, yeah, I, I, I get it. So do you know a donkey punch? No, I, don't I was about to, to ask. Define what a donkey punch is for me. I don't know if it's it's worth sharing with the CWF. Okay. You're going to have to. Okay, so... <laughs> You're doing the the no pants dance, right? In from behind, as as dogs would do. Okay. And just as you get to, oh, this is so wrong. Why am I explaining this on a, on a wrestling podcast? I'm enjoying watching you so, squirm. This is quite funny. <laughs> when you get to the vinegar strokes, right? You punch your partner in the back of the head. So everything seizes up, right. and, it, and you explored more. So okay, that was that was horrific. Matt from Five Nerds God, you are an absolute. Cr- 
cretin. Oh, that is amazing. No, I'm not even sure I want to answer that live on a broadcast like this because whatever I say, I'm gonna get in trouble. <laughs> I mean, the the answer is Rick Rude. Well, or, yeah. or Steve Bull. Yeah, I suppose. And you got to make a decision: do you cheat on your husband? Do you go with the attractive Rick Rude? You just get a picture of Rick Rude, put it on the back of Steve Bull's head, and then you get to air sock Rick Rude one in the in the chops, and two you get to donkey punch Steve Bull. So it's win win. <laughs> you, you get to donkey punch <laughs> Steve Bull, so it's a win. Oh my goodness! <laughs> That's as much win as we're getting. Yes, in, in this situation. Uh, he continues with Masters football returning. Pick a side, a six-a-side team. So we've gone from donkey punching now to picking a football team. You know, that's a bit, a bit of a turn, but okay. So are we talking just any players or, or historical players? Well, I'm assuming Masters football. I, I took it as being guys who are potentially retired. Okay, so... But maybe you get them in their prime or get them, like, you know, I don't know. So let's go in, the, in goal, David Seaman. So we've got to pick six or um, defensive. I would go Rio. Okay. Think he may be the best ball playing defender that that England's ever ever seen. Just so so talented. Um, lining up behind him or a side a side of him, um, maybe someone like Ashley Cole. Midfield. So you're going all English, are you? Well, yeah, I'm patriotic like that, sir. Okay, so Maybe. I'm going to look like a shitbag when I do mine. <laughs> you, can, you can be the evil foreigners. Okay, same. So I'll take in midfield, uh, Matt Letizia. Um Then two forwards, Shearer, Andy Cole. Okay. Oh, okay. See, I, I went with just players that I really adored when I was younger, as a kid. Not thinking like like a, a realistic team from the same country or same club or anything like that. Just putting together a, a six-a-side team from players from that era that may have played Masters football, I guess. So I got Buffon in goal. Wow, good good shout. Is he not he's still like, playing? Yeah, he's, but he's like 97 now, isn't he, or something? <laughs> and he yeah. is a master. <laughs> uh, defensively I've gone for Rio as well but I've also got Paolo Maldini in there because I watched so, many, so much Italian football when I was younger and like, this guy was amazing he was so damn good uh, I've got Paul Scholes because he's one of great shout I've not seen masses of live football but Paul Scholes was probably the best footballer I've seen play live he was just yeah. in, and I, I, I was lucky enough to see Zidane on one occasion for about an hour before we got substituted and stuff like that. But poor Skulls, I'm not saying Skulls was better than Zidane, but for my limited limited viewing, Skulls ran the game. He was superb, mm-hmm. you know? So that's, that's what I've gone with him. And, and sorry, go on. I was just going to say, it's testament to how good Paul Skulls is that Xavi uh, um, said he, he modelled himself as a player on Paul Skulls. Mm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then uh, attacking-wise... When I was very little, I thought Eric Cantona was mm-hmm. was was the dog's bollocks. As a United fan, so that's a big one for me. But one of my all-time heroes is Roberto Baggio. So I'd, I'd have Baggio on the oh, side as well. That'd, that'd be my six. And Ponytail. Yeah, I love... Again, watching just Italian football growing up, because we didn't have Sky or anything, Baggio was it for me. I thought the guy was fantastic. So. With, with James Richardson on... on that's right. 
Golaccio. Yeah, sat there drinking his coffee, reading the newspapers. He could tell I you anything. I wonder if he's drunk. You, but you would believe him, wouldn't you? I wonder if he drunk Big Dick's Big coffee. Dick's coffee. I wonder what Italian is for Big Dick's. Big Dicker. Brilliant. Not stereotypical at all, Mags. Well done. <laughs> Uh, and lastly, Five Nerds Go here says, would you rather be alerted to Tony Khan, big announcement tweets hourly for a year, or hit by Francis Nganu once Nganu. a month? Nganu. So, Nganu. I don't know who that is. So I'll take that pick then. Because he's, uh, he's the UFC heavyweight champion of the world, uh, and he's also looking to transition into boxing uh, and apparently he's land up to maybe fight Dillian White and then potentially Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua uh, after that um, so he hits hard he hits like a train so I think I'd go with the Tony Khan I'd, I'd take the tweets tweets because I could just drown him out yeah whereas if uh, if Francis Ngannou hits you he hits you into next week so yeah and even through the night, if you get notifications on your phone through the night, you know, you drink enough, you don't hear them, do you? Exactly. Tony yeah. <laughs> Khan just makes you drink yourself into a stupor. <laughs> and finally, for this week, we have Matt Willis, who has sent them in via WhatsApp once yeah, again. Yeah, because Maxine. he can't just stick to the rules, can he? So, do you know what? I'm going to make a... I'm going to answer... I've answered all these other sensibly. I'm going to answer his, his ridiculously. Okay, look. Uh, he says here, yeah, first of all, <laughs> it's like, I don't care. I'm not even going to argue with live. you on it. I'm not I've lost the will me. to live. We spent half the show talking about sleeping with ravishing with rude and stuff. So, mm. you know, I, I don't think I'll get after milky cheese milk or whatever. Uh, he asks here, what's the first wrestling match you remember watching? Oh, it's, it's, Probably, and I, I don't think I can sing, uh, signal it down to a certain match, but the first real memories of watching wrestling is watching it. I mean, we've spoke about it uh, multiple times, but it's watching wrestling with, with my gran, and her like heroes were guys like Warrior and were guys like um, uh, Macho Man, so they were man. So they were the, the essentially the first real memories of, of wrestling I have. I couldn't specifically pin down a single match, but it certainly will have, been involved in one of those two guys yeah okay I mean, i'm kind of similar really i can i can remember sort of situations where i was watching when i was really little but i can't remember specifics i watched a lot of like um uh, wrestling challenge and superstars and, and those sort of shows around my nan's house so there's a lot of squash matches i remember tatanka from like 92-ish when it's had the white tights on mm-hmm. that sort of time um one of my one of my most vivid early memories is watching, I don't know if it was when it happened or a replay, but literally of Michael's throwing Genetti through the window. That's yeah. really vivid in my mind. A big iconic be, moment. Yeah. And then I can remember seeing Vader and Ron Simmons, not wrestling each other, but Vader, Ron Simmons, those sort of guys, Dustin Rhodes on Worldwide when I was, I don't know, 10, 11, potentially. So I couldn't tell you who they were facing. Probably... Uh, you know, just enhancement talent, I imagine, because yeah, of the nature of the show. It. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Matt continues, what's your favourite spirit and why is it Apple Jack Daniels? It's, it's not. not. That's it's grim. Not. 
it is honestly grim. Uh, that and any anything kind of cinnamon uh, alcohol, just absolutely grim. Um, as I've aged, it's become whiskey because uh, I'm classy. I'm a classy chick. Um, <laughs> so. Yeah, I'm, I'm partial to uh, a decent whiskey. I found that I don't like Scotch whiskey that much because of uh, I'm not a fan of the peaty kind of soily taste of it. Um, so it's it's mainly either uh, Irish or maybe American Japanese whiskies. But my actual favourite right now is a Welsh whiskey called Penderyn uh, Legend. Really, really nice. Really smooth to drink. Um, that taste of a little bit of vanilla i suppose uh so a little bit sweet but yeah that's a that's a lovely drop okay see i've always liked rum for years and years and years now uh, spice drums and so on i really enjoy that i remember once going out on a on a pub crawl and uh, my sister's uh boyfriend got me a, a navy's dark rum never had right. it before it was maybe the worst thing i've ever ever drunk it was <laughs> it was that i mean i understand now why sailors used to drink rum because that kept me warm for about 45 minutes it was horrid to drink yeah i like a nice proper expensive like proper nice vodka as well mm-hmm. I, I, you know, ah, so vodka story for you uh, okay. We're not off, off kilter. Um, so this week was the the World Vodka Awards. So I'm clearly not interested in this. Uh, whilst he has his vodka, um, but yeah, it was the oh, world. Hang on, uh, hang on, hang on, hang on. I muted my mic because I'm about to drink a bit of my drink, and nobody wants to hear me going. <laughs> gob, gob, do they? You know. So it was the World <laughs> Vodka Awards this week. Uh, every every major vodka producer uh, in 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 the world. Uh, goes to these awards you get like the the big name vodkas grey goose um stuff like that you also get like the 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 specialist kind of celebrity vodkas uh, i think crystal head is the the, the dan Aykroyd one yeah that one's um, fantastic that one's so so good man then you get um the sad men have just brought out their vodka the new fashionable vodka is is uh au the the gold vodka all of those got beat by a bottle of vodka that's fifteen pounds and it's exclusive to Aldi. That is the best vodka in the world really? for twenty twenty two, and it beat every every other vodka. I found that out about half an hour before coming onto the show. Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Why? I'm gonna have to go get some of that then. It's the their crystal their copy. Like. It's their copy of Grey Goose, you know, with like the the kind of like frosted bottles. Yeah. That that is the 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 best vodka in the world. So I bloody love Grey Goose, but I won't I don't want to pay Grey Goose prices, you know. It's ridiculously priced. I've been to many nightclubs where you get a table or a booth and a bottle of Grey Goose is like a hundred quid. Ridiculous. Oh, look at Gangster Magazine. Well sat there in a booth with his grey goose. I had to pimp out every now and again, (laughs) sir. (laughs) Oh Sharon in the chat there is saying nobody wants to hear her vodka story. And saying Uh, that automatically means we absolutely do want to hear that story. And we are gonna be having drunk stories as the non wrestling topic very, very, very soon, I imagine. So we will have it then, my love. Don't you worry about that. Uh and lastly, Matt Willis here says can you recall your first interactions with each other? In other words, how did you first meet? Magsy slid in my DMs, didn't he? I did. I mean, the first real interactions were when we spoke for, for Why We Watch. Yeah. And Badlands. 
I think yeah, we did Badlands right. first because that was just the routine that we did. Uh, but and I've told it on this show um, for for White Watch actually got his name wrong, called him yeah. uh, Simon Simon Preston. Yeah. So, so yeah, he wasn't was impressed cool. with me. <laughs> he, he wasn't impressed with me at all. But I thought we we hit it off. I've always been a uh, even before that I'd been a fan of your writing anyway. Um, so it was uh, an honour to to have that opportunity to to sit and, and chat with you. And then when you kind of pitched uh, this show, I, I absolutely bit because first of all, I got got the chance to to chat to you on a on a, a regular basis. The idea of the show is it was unique. Uh, often uh, imitated, never, never duplicated. As, oh, on that note, Maxie, on that note, the the ever the ever chain wrestling. We're not going to go too much into it because I don't want people sort of mentioning on Twitter or any nonsense like that, drawing attention to the situation. But they've done nothing in weeks now. They did say that. They did say that it would be very periodical. Mm. Yes, not like us, Maxie. Over a year, sixty-three, sixty-four episodes. Mm-hmm. There you go. Man. Consistently adequate. Yes. But, Mediocre every Monday. But getting back to it, uh, uh, yeah, that was kind of the the burgeoning of, a, of, at least from my point of view, a really, really, really good friendship. We are uh, we not only kind of like talk on on this, but we we're talking pretty much all the way through the week just mm-hmm. um, about all kind of random stuff. Uh, say is one of a handful of people who actually have my my own uh, personal number uh, through wrestling Twitter. Um, so, yeah, um, we I, I like to think we've become really, really good friends. Yeah, yeah you're all right. Um, <laughs> no, I know. I, I second that, mate. I second that. It's, it is great. It's funny how it's gone from me just writing a few articles that I used to get so stressed out and worked up over if I got like one word wrong or anything like that to sitting and doing this and it's fantastic and it's just been quite a journey from that to this and I love it and all all the other shows I'm involved in as well but it all stems from speaking to you first of all for Badlands and and, and why we watch and that's why both of those shows hold a special place in my heart really and that you know I I miss why we watch I used to love listening to you talk to new creators all the time and and so on people I haven't heard of before and then go check out their stuff and, and, and stuff like that so yeah yeah great stuff and again I second that mate you know I, I, I think we message pretty much daily, don't we? So, mm-hmm. yeah, about, yeah, about, about any old random bullshit as well. Yeah, yeah, dick bits, the old shaban, and and as much, free, <laughs> as much. <laughs> and did you notice how I didn't deny that? Yeah, just completely screw over that. Yeah. Big dicks, told you. Um, <laughs> and uh, as much as we give each other grief on this show, um, Sar knows that if he's in a pickle, I'm absolutely there for him. Um, yeah, oh yeah, one hundred percent. And I and I totally believe it goes goes the same way. Uh, if of course, ever I, if ever I'm uh, in a in a in a, a band, Sal would be there. So yeah, yeah, without a doubt, mate, without a doubt, hundred percent, buddy. So then, so then, that that's kind of it, mate, for uh, our for the show. Thank God. So, yeah, See well, you later. We'll yeah, that's it. We didn't watch any TNA shots. <laughs> <laughs> no, we uh, we better talk some wrestling, mate, aren't we? I don't know if we really want to, but we might as well. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! So then, so then, so then, my pick won the poll. I leveled it up, Mags, at 30 wins each. Oh, it's exciting. Hey, there's some points when I was like six or seven behind. That's a lot. 
Well, you're, you're the current favourite, I suppose. Not that I'm bitter. That sounded really, really like spicy, that mate. That sounded yeah. proper like me. I was and I pulled it back level. On our good. All right, mate. Bloody hell. I, th- I thought you said it doesn't matter. It doesn't. <laughs> it's only a game. But I will take my ball and go home. Oh, the winner of the poll was the TNA World Title Match from Hard Justice. Sorry, the NWA World Title Match from the TNA Pay Per View Hard Justice 2005. Uh, Jeff Jarrett defending against AJ Styles, an era when Jarrett was supposedly booking himself to retain against lots of younger stars when he sh- he shouldn't be similar to what triple h was doing on the other channel with the the wwe title which yep. earned him the main well that that time is nicknamed as his reign of terror i suppose uh this this was okay magsy i guess for me what, what were your initial thoughts right so my first thoughts were how uh this, I mean, for context, we we watched this on the YouTube channel, or at least I did. Uh, yeah, the, I did, the, yes. The official TNA Impact YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and why were we watching in 240p? It looked like I was watching a match through a tub of Vaseline. That, there were moments when it was really difficult to follow, wasn't there? Yeah, it was horrific. Absolutely, it, yeah. This for a, a professional wrestling company the size of TNA, this is not a good look. That this is on your your channel. Clean that up at least. But you're right. It's it. It was an okay match. Mm. Um, the issue is that we've seen both of these wrestlers do so much better than this. Um, and I understand that it was this was TNA. It was like the burgeoning uh, kind of uh, alternate uh, wrestling. But yeah, it, it was all right. It was not bad, but it was not particularly good. No, no. And there's a few things that stand out to me straight away. I, I don't know if it is like the poor quality of the video, or if it's what Borash is. Jeremy Borash is wearing. Who's the ring announcer? He's got a hairstyle of a certain era. His clothes are of a certain era. And um, Ortiz, was it the guy's name? The special guest referee? So that's Tito Ortiz, former UFC uh, light heavyweight champion. Uh, okay. At the time, probably one of the hardest men on the planet. Well, no, this was when he was probably coming away from his UFC career. Um, so he would have been uh, one of the hardest men on the planet. But this was kind of feeding off how Shamrock... Uh, in WWE was a big deal, so everybody wanted like a, a, a UFC star in their ranks, I suppose. Um, yeah. So it, it kind of made sense. I mean, I, do, I don't know any of the context of the storyline going in, apart from this was Jarrett's uh, reign of terror that he'd beaten like uh, Ron Killings a couple of times, Jeff Hardy a couple of times, uh, Monty Brown. Um, so he, he, he was holding on to this title for dear life. Um, and then obviously Ortiz was their special guest referee. Yeah, so... You had Borash looking the way he did with his tan and his his big collars and his hairstyle with the little highlights in. You had Ortiz coming out wearing a certain type of tracksuit or whatever he had on. And then when he lowered his hood or whatever it was, or his hat, he had bleached Eminem style hair as well. Mm-hmm. And then you had the entranceways, which, by the way, I loved the, the two separate tunnels and the smoke and so on. 
but the laser lights they used it for a match that was in 2005 it felt very 1999 to me yeah um what really stood out to me was when uh, Jarrett came out and he did uh, holding the guitar up and the, the the fireworks went off now in WWE that would have looked cool because it's in a yeah. big arena in in TNA it looked like someone had set some fireworks off in the front room uh, the yeah. smoke just just went absolutely everywhere um way too much uh, pyrotechnics for such a small arena it looked it looked too bit it looked like um um overhyped indie mm. yeah i mean that's a really well, that's a really good way of putting it actually max and a lot of tna did feel that way even when i was watching it on, on like a, a weekly basis and you were still getting the pay-per-views on either bravo or challenge or whatever station it was because we got it all for free over here for a few years didn't we mm-hmm. it was always in the same place the impact zone as they called it they didn't tour and I'm, I'm talking before you know hogan and bischoff and all that came in but you still had some bloody good stuff going on you had some good wrestling some, some, some fantastic matches yeah and then there the, were other moments where it looks the, so amateur the x division was yeah was for, yeah the x division was phenomenal Apps. The X Division I likened to the kind of uh, the Lucha Libre um, cruiserweight division of WCW when when uh, they were getting the time that they should have got uh, and they were the ones that were, were stealing the show week after week. That was the X Division. And then mm. Jeff Jarrett is the Hulk Hogan. He became everything that he, he detested. Yeah. Yeah, a couple of quick things I want to ask you about then, Magsy. Things it's there's a couple of things here that we haven't really covered or touched upon in our, I don't know what it is. I'll have to look at that 65 episodes or whatever we're on. Um, I'll, I'll just quickly shout them out to you and then let's have your thoughts. The NWA world championship belt. I, I, I think it's, it's whilst it's not one of my favorites. I think it's a classy lo- looking belt. The kind of domed uh, globe on the top. Yeah. I, I think mm. it's a, it's, it just screams quality. Yeah, okay, I agree. I love that championship belt. Again, going back to what I used to adore, Jim Crockett promotions, the NWA and so on. Love that championship. Uh, the six-sided ring. Amazing. That was that was TNA's USP for me. That was a reason to tune in. It gives the wrestlers so many kind of different options. And I hated it when Hogan came in and made it a four-cornering. Four mm. I fucking hated it. Um yeah, that that six out ring is it's different, and that that's what made it stand out. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree. Whereas I can understand why they changed to the four sides. I mean, Bischoff has explained it on his podcast a few times. The way he explains it makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. To me, the six sides it gave gave him a bit of an identity, even when it wasn't. I, I suppose again, quoting Bischoff, I guess ironically. It, they're not going to be better than WWE, so they have to be different. Yeah, correct. I think that kind of worked on that aspect. And then lastly, and this is, I suppose, quite an open-ended question, really, or quite an open-ended bully, a bullet point, I suppose. Uh, TNA in general, Magsy, we barely covered any. What, what are your thoughts on the impact of the wrestling business? And, and, and you know, did it have any level of importance at, at any stage, or are we overstating certain events? I, I, I think... You have to give them credit for being the the little train that could. Yeah, I mean, how many times have they been 
dead in the water whether it's through uh, bad dealings from from the the carters or through uh jeff jarrett and they just seem to be able to kind of keep bouncing back now that's that's obviously not something you want over a, a long term but they've been able to survive uh, so you've got to give them props for that um but I didn't watch a lot of this TNA. I'd watch it if I was flicking through the channels and I'd catch it, but it wasn't something I would um, stick around to watch week in week because it was in that kind of period where I just wasn't interested in wrestling anymore. I'd been kind of like turned away from the product. Um, going back and watching some of this, some stuff that I absolutely think is amazing, the the X Division um, Ultimate X matches, absolutely superb. Being seen uh, uh, Elix Skipper running across the, the top of a cage to do a, um, a Hurricane Rana, phenomenal. The the comedy with uh, Little Petey Pump and Big Papa Pump, brilliant. Yeah, brilliant stuff, yeah. But it's never been a show that's ever been really on my radar for for week in week. So I give them props for surviving, but I wouldn't miss them if they weren't there. Yeah, okay, fair enough. I mean, there was there was an era where this was Sharon and I's wrestling show. Mm-hmm. We kind of, I I would still try and keep up with Raw and SmackDown, but it was a lot of crap for for quite a few years. I suppose some people say it never really recovered, but there you go. Whereas TNA was new and it was something different, something I'd never seen before. It may not have been completely new to this country, but when I first discovered it, it was new to me. And as you said, the the the, the X Division, AJ Styles, man, I'm a massive AJ Styles mm-hmm. fan. The guy is absolutely I mean, fantastic. Styles, Samoa Joe, Christopher, Christopher Daniels. Daniels, yeah, yeah. Motor City so- Machine Guns. Mm-hmm. Absolutely fantastic stuff. And as as Dan uh, says in the chat, TNA Impact had huge influence with X Division, the Knockouts mm-hmm. Division. Yeah, again, I've got to give him props for for that pushing women's wrestling way before anyone else was. Uh, and as um, Matt from Five Nerds Go adds in, uh, there's never been a, a bad version of of LAX in 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 wrestling. LAX essentially formed from Conan and him making a a faction in 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 TNA. So they are influential. There are like elements of modern wrestling that that have roots in in TNA, but as a product, it was just not something at the time that 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 screamed out to me. Oh, aces and eights as well. I used to love aces and eights. Yeah. Okay. I mean, this match here, though, getting back to our our topic, two thousand and four, you've hard justice TNA world, sorry, NWA world title match. We start actually with, with quite a bit of nice wrestling mags, don't we? Some waist locks, mm-hmm. some takedowns, some hammer locks, back and forth, a few counters, and so on. I still think it looks well. It, even the sound of it, maybe the way the the ring is mic'd when they're taking bumps and so on, it's it still comes across like you said, glorified indie as opposed to a real alternative at this stage. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah. uh, but I do appreciate the the, the wrestling though. I mean. As much grief as we give Jarrett for, for being who he is uh, and what he did, he knew how to wrestle. Mm. AJ Styles, this was at the point of his career where he'd found his identity, he found kind of like his style, uh, to coin the phrase, um, and he could wrestle, he's like Daniel Bryan, he could wrestle a broom and get an absolutely stunning match out of it. So that kind of early sequence of, of really top draw wrestling, yeah, that, that was that was really, really good. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, the, the guys end up going out the ring at this stage, and we get um, uh, Mike Tanay on commentary, 
saying that the title can change hands here on a countout, as Jarrett is kind of teasing well, no, a walkout he, that he, he never really he believed. He doesn't say a countout, though. He says DQ. Right, okay. Which, that actually confused me, um, because he wasn't getting disqualified. He was getting counted out, mm. um, which I, I didn't get the point, but it was all to lead to shenanigans with, uh, with Jarrett threatening the guitar uh, and then kind of circling his way into a clearly visible AJ Styles who then threatened, who grabs a guitar, then threatens um, Jarrett and Teeth Ortiz with it a little bit and then smashes it up, which is fun. Yeah. Gets rid of yeah. the, the, the equal, acoustic equaliser. But my point is that the, the whole thing about TNA championships changing hands on whether it was a DQ countdown to the champion's advantage, I suppose, as, as it's referred to sometimes in other companies, not existing in TNA. It's something I don't remember at all. I mean, I don't remember it now because I didn't really watch. But well, fair enough. <laughs> um, <laughs> it seems like a, a, a silly rule, though, to me. Because, mm. like I said, it's the champion. It hinders. Champion. I think it hinders your booking, especially if you're booking a a cowardly, snarly heel champion. Yeah. I mean, how many times did Ric Flair lose matches, make people look like a million dollars, but keep his title on technicalities like DQs and like countouts? Yeah, well, the time limit expiring and so exactly. on. And that's, and that's how they'd book. They, they, you know, they, they get the first match, Flair would take his belt and go home. He'd come back through that territory again a month later. He'd get disqualified because yeah. one of the horsemen would interfere. And then they'd come back through it the month later for the big money match in the steel cage, Everyone thinking this time the local hero will beat Flair for the championship. He's in a cage. He can't walk away. The horseman can't interfere. And then Flair would inevitably go over in yeah. a, in a more natural fashion. But that that hometown hero looks a million dollars because he's he's gone toe to toe with Ric Flair and beat him a couple of times, but never won the belt of him. Exactly. And each time they made. In theory, not every occasion, because different ter- territories were different, but on each each time, they would make more money on each rematch. So they'd be make, they'd be selling more tickets and making more money on a match that they've already promoted a month ago. Mm-hmm. So exactly. simple, you know? Yeah. And you're kind of taking that element away, potentially, by having the champion's advantage go, I guess. But anyway, uh, Jeff Jarrett starts, I suppose, planning for the figure four here. Speaking of Ric Flair, funnily enough. He starts working on AJ's knee quite early on uh, with some sort of the you know I don't know what they call it a shin breaker where you pick them up and like it's almost like a shoulder breaker where you're dropping the shin on the knee and he does yeah. went into the top turnbuckle as well which is quite spectacular and this is something about the match that that annoyed me because when we get to the finish AJ forgets about that those uh, that working on the on the the legs and it's even mentioned by I think it's Martinet on on commentary saying even though he's he's attacked his legs for uh, for the majority of this match AJ is able to kick out using his leg strength well no he wouldn't be able to do that would he unless he'd forgotten that them legs had been worked on yeah there you go there you go he does get the the figure four sorry double J does get the figure four onto. AJ, I suppose, halfway through the match. Mm-hmm. And to me, that almost felt quite early because halfway through this match, it was only about sort of seven, eight, ten minutes in tops. And we're already getting to the point where Jarrett's putting his finisher on, having tried to wear down the guy's knees. And again, as an old school Flair fan, it felt quite early in the contest or quite, quite quick, I suppose. And it, for me, when that kind of thing happens, it telegraphs the finish. I mean, if you were going into this match and not knowing the result, 
you would think, oh, he's he slapped on his finisher quite early. He's probably not gonna gonna win this match because mm. he's he's used his his big moves so soon in the game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, AJ reverses it by rolling onto his front, escapes the figure four, hits a really cool, like really quick snap snap looking sort of tornado DDT from the middle rope, doesn't he? Uh, absolutely brilliant stuff. And then for some reason, uh, there's a bit of a shoving match and Ortiz grabs Jarrett by the, by the throat. Yeah, I mean, we, we see um, we see AJ go for the Stars Clash first. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Jarrett is eventually able to, to get out of it and he uh, lands the powerbomb. Then we see, uh, I think it's Jarrett goes for the stroke. I think he called the stroke at this time. Yeah. Um, which again is is countered um another power slam which uh yeah you go into the well a few too many times there's a couple of uh kind of like uh runs for um like small packages and 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 quick two counts and then we see Jarrett hit the uh hit the stars clash which i thought was absolutely f- phenomenal obviously mm. with it being AJ Styles. but yeah that whole kind of uh that ot stuff um that that comes a little bit later on uh, in in the match. We see the the kind of swapping of, of finishers. Um, we see um, um, the stroke from uh, from AJ Styles. Both guys obviously kicking out of their own finisher. And then I think it's um, is it Monty Brown comes in now. Yeah. Obviously, somebody who knows the story of this uh, um, will probably know know why. He comes in, but it looks like he's trying to hit AJ Styles and ends up hitting. Um, he ends up hitting Jeff Jarrett. I think whether they were partners uh, at this time or not. Um, so um, then, um, whilst Ortiz is, is pushing Monte to, to go back, um, we see another ref slide in the ring for the pin, and Ortiz just one leg. He's yanks not having that. It, is he? He's like, <laughs> "Get the fuck out of my ring, bitch!" He's like, "This is my job." <laughs> just it's just the, with the one hand, though, like just yeah, yoink out you go. Yeah, it's funny stuff. It's funny stuff. Um, he ends up leveling Jarrett at some point as well, doesn't he? Well, yeah that 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 pulling of the ref out um, uh, allows. Uh, Jarrett to hit the low blow, which uh, how he didn't get disqualified because uh, T Ortiz is quite a bit taller than AJ Styles, and he can clearly see over him yeah. and can see the low blow, but it doesn't happen. Um, we that's when uh, Ortiz ends up being pushed by uh, by uh, Jarrett, uh, and he just absolutely sparks him out, kind of like how uh, Mark Tyson knocked out um, Shawn Michaels uh, at WrestleMania 14. Probably not to as as good of a level, but um, he certainly sells it. Jarrett Influence sells that. Why, maybe? Yeah, perhaps. Uh, and then we see a move that uh, that AJ Styles doesn't pull off that often. Uh, the the spiral the spiral tap, which uh, is essentially almost a phoenix splash. I want to say with the, mm, the, yeah, yeah. the way it turns. Um, and yeah, and, uh, and he picks up the victory. Yeah, and that, and that's that's it. We celebrate with the, much. the domed belt, and uh, finally, Jarrett is dethroned. Uh, very quickly, Magazine, before we give our ratings, we have someone in the chat joining us there. At Apologies if I butcher your handle here, my friend. Will Rally Sport 
Uh, Sharon, thankfully, is, is uh, welcoming him in, talking, letting him know what match we're looking at. This is Chain Wrestling, and we look back at matches that win weekly polls as if you stick with us for the next 10 minutes or so at the end of the show you'll see how the show works but this is the mm-hmm. main event from hard justice 2005 tna pay-per-view follow us on twitter when we give it out later on there's a link to the match on our twitter so yeah yeah and, and just to, to answer his question again um to, to um reiterate size point welcome to the show hopefully you'll uh you'll return uh same time next week to to to, to join the cwf but um I, I haven't seen uh the the morrison and, and uh ty valkyrie stuff from triple i will be checking it out hopefully over the next couple of days but i love uh, John Morrison's real shit when it comes to his names, yeah. um, like when he was jo- Johnny Impact and and, and stuff Johnny like that. Johnny Nitro when he's like Johnny working Dad. with Bischoff, yeah, yeah. So him being called Johnny Superstar just uh, as an extra dig at WWE, yeah, I love it. He's a uh, yeah, Johnny. He's underrated as a wrestler, so mm. damn good. Yeah, very much so. So the Magsy, where do we rate this out of ten, my friend? It's so middle of the road. Yeah, it's. The, I'm I'm almost tempted to go back and see some more matches of these guys uh, just to see if they do anything better than this. Because um, for me, I can't go higher than six. Okay, I got six stroke six and a half. Okay, so I'll, I'll probably I'll probably just go along with you, Max. I think I'll, I'll say six as well. That's a wise decision. Yeah, I'm thinking the. Again, we go back to episode one. Booker T, Steiner, we gave a five. I would rather go back and watch this again if I had to choose one or the other. The Booker, Booker T versus Steiner. Yeah. In in a indestructible straight jacket match. Are you <laughs> mental? Well, I, I probably would rather go back and watch this okay, than that. That's fair. But there's not much in it. So yeah, I think a six is a is a fair shite, mate. A six is a fair shite. So there we go then. Six out of ten from the pair of us for Jeff Jarrett, AJ Styles, TNA, Hard Justice 2005 main event. Magsy, the big question. If your selection wins, what will we be looking at next week? Okay, so I promised a doozy. Mm-hmm. Um, and this takes a a stretch, so let's just uh, let's just plan this out. So this match happened two thousand five, obviously, um, and even though it's it's said on the on the show, and we know uh, through just knowing wrestling in general that these two guys have wrestled each other multiple times uh, for for the title, this is actually the first time that they face each other on a legitimate pay per view. Now I know TNA is a whole kind of a um, selling point was weekly pay-per-views but this was an actual proper monthly pay-per-view and it was the first time that these two guys had faced off on one so first time 2005 I want to go to another first time uh, face-off in 2005 okay a bit more grandiose a bit more of a spectacle and a hell of a lot more ridiculous so i want to go to SummerSlam of 2005 okay to a match that happened for the first time ever i want to go to the heartbreak kid Shawn michaels versus hulk hogan 
Oh, see, now you've mentioned this over and over and over again. And not always one, but I'm not going to go there this week. I'm going to go out. And this is the match with the crazy overselling by Shawn Michaels, yes, isn't it? it is. Because Hogan was being his usual self. And <laughs> Hogan yes. was being the Hogan. Oh, see. I've, I've watched that back not long ago, not recently, but a little while ago. And despite the ridiculous selling, it's even, it is actually a great match. It is actually very, very good. Because Shawn Michaels is fantastic. And on the undercard of this, I mean, we're not going to watch it, but we get the the the, the ladder match for, for the custody of Dominic Mysterio, oh which is brilliant. I'm your puppy! <laughs> oh, Hogan versus HBK. Oh, do you remember the vignettes for it as well when he dressed up like Hogan and yep. in the Zimmer frame and so on? He shithoused Hogan because Hogan reneged on it being a, a three-match yeah. deal, which Hogan was actually going to... Uh, the rumours and innuendo was that Hogan was actually going to win that three-match deal. Uh, but then he was, those plans don't work for me, brother. Um, yes. So Shawn Michaels shit housed him. The crazy overselling, making him look ridiculous. Oh, the one off the turnbuckle where he spins <laughs> and flips. Oh, it's so ridiculous. The but it's rolling still out of brilliant. the ring. There's one, and I, I can't wait to rewatch it where he, I'm sure it's just off a basic punch and he rolls out of the ring and then rolls down the, the entrance yeah. ramp. It's so damn ridiculous. So yeah. make this win. Sarah, first of all, can't take the lead because then the show's cancelled. And second <laughs> of all, it's Hogan versus versus Shawn Michaels. First time ever, and it's ridiculous. Mm. It is very silly. It is very silly, but also very good at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, this, ma- this this show won't get cancelled if I win, so don't don't go along with that at all. Um, but my selection that I'm willing to put up against that is from a decade or so afterwards, and for by by my choices, by my reckoning, it's actually quite a recent match for me. It's not yeah. it's not something steeped way back when in a dark, smoky room in 1986, for example. You know, as I normally go for, and the link is quite simply AJ Styles. I'm a big AJ fan, have been ever since the TNA days. I was very fortunate to see him wrestle when he was the IWGP champion in my local leisure centre, believe it or not. It, it, it was amazing. Cool. Uh, and, you know, him turning up in WWE was fantastic and the, the run he's had there and so on. I, I looked up, you know, in various ratings and, and these websites that chart things and so on. AJ Styles' best matches in WWE. And one kept popping up again and again and again. And it's when I remember being good, but they're making it sound like it was better than I remember. So revisiting it is something I'd like to do. And I think I would like to go to SummerSlam 2016 and see AJ Styles versus John Cena. Now, this was a match that wasn't for any championship or anything like that. It's the same pay-per-view where I think Lesnar splits Orton's head open. Okay. This stole the show, and they had a trilogy of matches around this time, and this was the best of the three, according to the reports I've seen. So that's my choice. AJ Styles versus John Cena, SummerSlam 2016. Okay, so your picks are a nothing match between um, a good wrestler in AJ Styles and everybody's uh, least favourite John Cena or the ridiculousness and the pageantry of of HBK and um, uh, Hulk Hogan, two of the, the two Mount Rushmore level wrestlers. 
<laughs> just being absolute dickheads with each other. Oh, okay. If you want to put that kind of spin on it. Um, <laughs> you can vote in the poll by following us on Twitter. The poll will always be on Twitter, despite our other social media links as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the poll will be out when the audio version of this show comes out, so Wednesday, Thursday-ish. Uh, you can follow us at chain underscore wrestling there. Vote in the poll, retweet, get involved in our non-wrestling topics and so on as well. Magzi, before we go, do you want to let everybody know where they can find you? So, uh, first of all, thank you for all uh, uh, attending today. We absolutely appreciate it. Thank you for all the the, the, the new uh, members of the CBF. Hopefully we'll see you again um, sometime down the line. Uh, but uh, you can follow me on social media. Down here on the Twitters is the main place where you'll find me, at Podfather Mags, uh, where I'm an actual real lord. Um, I'm also... Um, now on the ticky tocky thing, and I'm uh, I'm a bit of a I'm a bit of a, uh, a viral sensation on there. I'm almost <laughs> at a thousand uh, subs followers already. Hell? So hopefully that means we can wangle some way of going live on on ticky tock uh, in some fashion. Uh, but yeah, you can follow me uh, on there as well. I think that's Mags All Pods is my handle there. Um, but in terms of content. Radio Techers, I'm all over the shop, whether it's the watch-alongs, whether it's five rounds where you get your UFC coverage, or whether it's straight after this show with the volley, where we'll be covering uh, the week's uh, Premier League action. Uh, or you can find me on Chair Shop, where I cover uh, older wrestling with uh, with uh, a change in attitude, and the potential what-ifs of wrestling with Badlands. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much all the shop. Yeah, and all brilliant shows as well. I'm so glad I got the opportunity to start listening to them on a regular basis now with my bus journeys to and from work magazine. And and your listens are muchly appreciated, sir. There we go, there we go. You can follow me on Twitter at SJP Words, and you can also find my little group on Facebook where I post links to the shows I'm involved in as well. SJP, all the shows and info on Facebook. And that includes the waiting room, which is coming back soon. Benny and I are both changing jobs. We're both in the middle of real life stuff. So there's been a slight delay to that, but we have been talking and the waiting room, the quantum leap podcast is coming back very soon. The doctor who pod that I do with Dan Griffin, nitro nights covering WCW ever week by week, by week, by week, by week, starting way back with the first nitro that I do with our good buddy, Scottish Danny, all available via my Twitter there. They've all got their own Twitters and so on as well. So you can find the links via that one, but the best way of doing it is like I said, SJP, all the shows and info on Facebook at SJP words on Twitter. But most importantly, you can follow this show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and that TikTok thingamy at chain underscore wrestling. That's at chain underscore wrestling on all of those. Give us a follow, chuck us a like, do all that good stuff, get involved in our non wrestling topics, chuck us questions, suggestions, vote in the poll for where you want us to go next week. As always, the show is always controlled by you. We go wherever you want us to go. We'll talk about what you want us to talk about. Just make sure you join us on a Monday or you listen to us on the audio version or both. We're always happy with that. Stick around in a few minutes time for Matt Willis and Mr. Mags here covering all the Premier League football from this weekend on the volley. Magsy, I'm very, very tired. So I'm off now to not edit the show, but actually go to bed for once. I'll see you next week, my friend. Kenny, get my Zantac.
Bye-bye. <laughs>